Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome, hello, everybody, to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that wishes to reassert what preseason is for. Mm. and believes that however badly this episode goes, it will be positive in the long term. Yeah, ultimately the results don't matter. It's all about the sort of, you know, building a, an overall sort of performance, you know. It's certainly it's what Steve Borthwick believes. He's come out very strongly <laughs> and said that it, it will be positive in the long term. I mean, it would be hard for it to sort of get any worse, but we'll come to that later. More on that later. Mm. So, how have you been, Josh, this past week? Are you getting used to us being back in the rhythm of, you know, weekly podcasts yeah, you know, and all that? It's all right. I mean, it was a it was a busy week for me because I discovered that the um, after a year or two of of kind of of shunning the people of Great Britain, this great country, mm-hmm. uh, the Toulouse uh, online store now delivers direct to the UK again. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, from from my perspective, it's been a real busy week, a uh, real expensive week. Um, but, you know, I tell myself that yeah, I'm just getting it out of the way instead of sort of buying it in drips and drabs when they appear on sort of UK retailers for vastly inflated prices. I'm going direct. I'm, I'm buying in bulk. I'm paying my 25 quid delivery and import fee and I'm happy with it. You know, it'll save I me mean, you... money in the long run. And you'll burn some calories going up and down the stairs 300 times when the knock at the door comes. Well, exactly, yeah. And they drop some off. (laughs) And I must say, extremely impressively speedy delivery. Uh, Ordered it like Friday, and it was here today. So is it too long to list? Is it like on a scroll you've ordered that? I've just bought all of the Toulouse T-shirts that I would inevitably end up buying this year anyway. So I've got my my shiny Dayglow Toulouse T-shirt here. It's it's very shiny and Dayglow. And uh, I've got another one that's sort of... Remember when they released that Away kit and I really wanted those those Jordans that they, they brought out? They've kind of got like a whole collection of stuff of that ilk so i've just bought quite a few t-shirts from that which you know which viewers of the live stream will in, in, invariably see appear over the course of the next uh 
six to eight months, I would say. Well, I've uh, I'm off to Wembley Saturday, obviously. Of course you are. If you, I was going to say it's been a big week for you, Sato, really as well. Well, I bought myself a leopard shirt, a leopard Damn printed, like a leopard print shirt. My wife has had her nails done leopard. Really? She's been that's, to the, she's been to the Vietnamese lads in town <laughs> and had the leopard print nails done. It's it's going for our oh, Pad, Paddy's bought a, had a shirt as well. Katie, unfortunately, won't be around. Do you know how much we hate Cornwall, right? We've established yeah, yeah. on this podcast a loathing. Of, well, not so much Cornwall itself, just the distance it, it is to get there. What a pot it all is. Very, clearly, yeah. very beautiful place, but it's just Lovely a long, place. long Love way. Love it when I'm there. Absolutely. Without a plane, it's just a long way. Or getting out of there. there. Yes. Well, my daughter's off to Boardmasters this weekend, so she's not coming to Wembley because <laughs> she's off to that bloody thing at New Quay, which is a festival. Genuinely. Love. Headlined by uh, Liam Gallagher. Is it really that, yeah. that makes and uh, that's Florence good. and the Machine. I tell you what, that is pushing uh, the sort of boardmasters, like yeah, shouldn't it all uh, be like Jack Johnson and people like that, like right from the well, team even that, I mean, even mean? that would be like sort of like it, it. It just says to me that like Liam Gallagher, Florence and the Machine, that is not exactly what you call a hip young fucking uh, lineup, no. is it? And she went to like Although, a day festival in Cheshire yesterday. And mm. uh, X Factor legend Raksu were playing that, if you remember them. I don't even remember that. Headlined by the Vamps. Jesus. Yes. I mean. And yeah. remember these, also yeah. playing were Fats and Small. Hello. <laughs> which, which is a bit of a black. They had that one song that I remember, that turnaround song. Other than that, I'm struggling. Uh, yeah, I don't think they've. Surely that's it. Yeah. Nobody else. They, they, they're the, the definition of a one-hit wonder, surely. But yeah, Liam Gallagher and and Florence. It feels extremely kind of like it has Boardmasters like target audience got in their mid thirties now. You know. Yeah. So she, she. The more worrying thing for me is she's taking my car and three <laughs> of her friends in it <laughs> on a, as we've established, about a nineteen-hour drive. So. Yeah, I mean. It's hard to do any damage to a car when you're sat in traffic as well. So yeah. <laughs> it's very, very true, <laughs> very, very, very true. Yeah, so we're off to Wembley um, mm. this weekend. So we, we've we've done all that. I've also, yeah. I, other than that, I've been doing my usual. I trimmed my hedge. Top tip for everybody: I trimmed my hedges at mm. the weekend. My front mm. hedges. Mm. I can't remember mention this before. But it's a top tip for everybody. And I only discovered this a couple of years ago. And I can't remember wasting my time. When you've done your hedges, if you mm. if you have hedges. Use your lawnmower as a hoover. That is a great idea. Because not it chops it all it, up and like, sucks yeah. it into the thing. Like you don't have to be brushing up. None of that. Don't bend in your back. That just, is just a great idea. Yeah. So I've got a petrol mower, so I can like I'm literally mm. pushing it up and down like the pavement outside my house, <laughs> See, like a madman. Until I explain more to people on the, what's going more on, on that I used to be. I I used to do that when I had a front lawn um, in the old house. I used to do it up and down the pavement to hoover up the grass, mm. excess grass. But it never even crossed my mind to use it on the tediously massive, like needlessly massive hedge that I had that I have to do something to once yeah. every year. And, and then, of course, it. you've got mulch ready to go. You can just dump it on yeah. your flower beds and let it rot down. Perfect. It's Perfect. Tell you what, absolute pearls I'm throwing you away. That is, that is a, a life hack if ever I saw one. Harley Worthy makes a point. It doesn't work if you have a fuck-off pond under your hedge, mind. Yeah, 
fair no. dues, Harley. I hadn't considered that eventuality due to not having a pond. So yeah. I do not recommend you do it if you have a pond. I'd like yeah. to qualify, absolutely. add that absolutely. caveat. Especially if it's an electric mower. For a variety of reasons, don't do it. I'll tell you what, there's, a, there's some I'm stuff coming out listen, today, isn't the there? Reason, the reason that you, you and I were both one. just dumbfounded there because <laughs> we were reading the same thing. Uh, Johnny Ball says, I once did sound and lights for one of Fats and Smalls. I worked for an evangelical organisation and he had a brief dalliance with religion, more brief than my own. He was engaged in... Yes, I remember this. He was engaged to Vanessa Feltz. So he was the lad who was engaged to Vanessa Feltz. The, hey, what's wrong yeah. with you, bloke? Yeah. yeah. And... I remember this now. What's his name? Is he Fats or is he Small? He's either Tim Flats or Paul Small. One of the two. Yes. Uh, oh, they split up. They split up in twenty twenty three. Actually, so they were together for quite a while. He doesn't seem to split up after. Oh, I thought you meant Fats and Small. They literally played yesterday. They must have split up this morning. <laughs> that must have been hot off the press. No, Vanessa Feltz and him. Yes. Yes, Ben uh, Ofedu uh, is his ah, name. Right. Uh, He's the singer, but were they both singers? I don't know. Um, he certainly he's quite tall, anyway. So, well, I'm there's a lot to recommend him then, isn't there? Indeed, uh, and he's he's been part of Ben's Fats and Small and Intenso project as well as a solo artist. He's so. a good. Well, he's a busy man. A long way that could. Good sing. singer, great singer. Yeah. So, I'm Lee. Hello, everybody, and over there mm -hmm. is. Uh, I'm Josh. Sorry, I'm looking at uh, Ben Affedi. You've lost religion. him now. He's definitely. He's, he's a born again a personal life. He's a born again Christian, and his his, his sort of Christian music nickname is Big Ben, uh, which is short for Believe in God, Ben. Is that not? Is that what the notorious Big is? Notorious Believe in God. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Don't listen to any of his records. It was all just a, a an elaborate scam to get you in, and then he was going to lay some uh, some religious truth on you. Ben, someone says Johnny. He was obviously a bit behind us, and he was on tour with Shane Lynch of Boyzone. Jesus, oh, what a lineup! All you needed was a, like a bit of an interval act, which was Garen Jenkins telling a few stories of his <laughs> rugby days, and you've got I mean, the absolute want... perfect, you know, newly born religious night out. <laughs> I tell you what, there's a there's a lot there's there's money, but probably quite depressing money to be made doing <laughs> there's that. There's no such thing like... as depressing money, Josh. It's all good because <laughs> it provides to lose t-shirts eventually. <laughs> That's very true, actually. Um, but yeah, like there, there's a there is a a living to be made working the sort of like D-list pop stars who happen to be born again Christians and then can go around playing their songs in in sort of evangelical chapels and things like that. Because I remember the guy from Herman's Hermits came to my parents' church when I was about 13. And Speaking it was, of, as, it was as you'd expect. <laughs> yeah. As you, there is such a thing as depressing money, right? Because, you know, I'm listening to the 500 <laughs> Songs podcast. Yes. So I'm up to, I'm, I'm well on with it now. <clears throat> but mm. the episode on The Searchers from Liverpool, Meagles yes. and Pins, you know. And Needles and Pins was actually is seminal in all jangle guitar music, to be fair. It is, yes, They were doing absolutely. it before the birds. But anyway, they ended up hating each other and ended up having mm -hmm. like lawsuits over who was allowed to use the name and all that kind of yep. stuff. But two of them still lived in Liverpool, and right up to the 2000s, they were still playing gigs in like Pontins and Butlins and Haven Resorts and stuff. And because they weren't making huge money, they were car sharing. So they were, oh, they were going from like Liverpool to 
I don't know, fucking Skegness to a holiday cabaret resort, fucking hating each other in like, in no doubt a fucking Vauxhall Vectra or something. And it would have been, what know. a journey that must have been. I mean, no money would have been worth that, was there? There was a, two guys that I used to work with, uh, who one who sadly passed on now, um, Neville Martin and Roger Newell, uh, readers of, of Guitarist Magazine or Bassist Magazine will know those names, um, <laughs> were in... Uh, Some um, Venn diagram we're reaching for there. <laughs> Indeed, that is uh, a very... Oh, what's his name? You know Marty Wilde of the yes. Wild Cats and dad of uh, Kim? Yes. He, uh, Nev, Nev and Rog were in Marty Wilde's band and... Like, because he's still going, like, fair play to him. Like, I think he might have retired a couple of years ago, but because they were like, well, we have jobs in the day and we don't want to, like, go on tour because we're in our 60s and 70s now at this point. At one point, they just decided that they would just drive to any gig themselves because they both lived in Bath and they've been working together for years. And so they bought a, what they called the Tour Jag and... <laughs> Which was like an old Jaguar XJ, Amazing. and they would literally just like finish work. You know, they maybe they maybe knock off at three on a Friday, and then they'd get in the tour Jag, stick the gear in the back. Roger's got his tour hair on, and and they drive to like Scunthorpe from Bath and back in a night, and do like sort of a a seven or eight hour round trip. And they're sixty, and I just and I just always thought, what like you guys have been working together for like twenty years. You've been in a band together for like twenty years, more in some cases. What are you? What are you talking about? For that seven, like you know, Marty Wilde would do like a twenty-date tour. And, uh, do you reckon every- it was a lot of audio books? Do you reckon loads of marriages have survived because of binge watching? Don't they? It must be. Yeah. <laughs> it must be like like, that. You know, is it? Is it literally just like they stick on like Radio Two or whatever, and like you know. I can't imagine it. Like, what is what? Are, what are they talking about after twenty years of just like, multi every week doing like a six or seven hour car journey with people? They weren't. Fr- they weren't friends outside of work. They did not. Understandably, they did not socialize outside of work. What are you talking about? I, mean, I still want to know to this day. Speaking of mar- marriages and that founding songs podcast, you know. Somebody's telling there's a story unraveling in a podcast, and you go, No, what? No, no, what? And it just keeps adding on, right? You might know this, or some listeners out there might know this. Sam Cook, right? Yes. Legendary soul singer, Sam Cook, absolute legend. Mm-hmm. Our soul. Change is going to come, all that good stuff. Yeah. But a terrible, terrible person on many levels. Horrible yes. to his kids and his wife, and obviously got shot and all that. The guitarist in his band. Bobby mm. Womack. Yes. Legendary guitarist, songwriter. I love Bobby Womack's music and all that anyway. Yeah. Good friends with Sam. Sam gets shot. Three months after Sam gets shot, Bobby Womack marries Sam's wife. <laughs> exactly three months later. The reason why it was exactly three months later is because that was Bobby Womack's 21st birthday, which meant he didn't have to get permission from his parents to get hey, married. Wasn't he like 10 years young or 10 or 12, <laughs> 15 years younger than her, the Mrs. So, Womack? So that's he, bad enough in itself. He gets yeah. married in Sam's suit on the day, and like, and somebody brought a gun to the wedding, or thought because they thought his, the Sam's brothers might kill him. That didn't happen. So they <laughs> stand married for a long time. 
Turns out then a few years later, because as you said, he's a lot younger and she's old and they've got a kid. Bobby no. ends up having a relationship with 17-year-old Linda Cook. Jesus. Daughter of Sam and <laughs> stepdaughter. She defends him to the hilt yeah. and says, I right. love Bobby. Stays with Bobby. That splits up. She stays with Bobby for a few years. She then leaves Bobby. Right. And marries his brother Cecil. <laughs> and she is Linda and he is Cecil of 80s group Womack and Womack. Oh, fuck me. Really? Yeah. Wow. How many layers of wrong are there in that entire story? Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Before all this, Bobby's brother, Harry Womack, <laughs> fatally stabbed in the neck with a steak knife by his girlfriend in a jealous rage. I'm just telling the Womack boys need to know, chill the fuck absolute out. Absolute chaos. Like, just I wonder if Bobby wrote Harry Hippie lads. about his about his brother Harry. What a song that is, by the way. If you haven't heard, yes, it. Harry Hippie by Bobby Womack. Yes, I genuinely like sometimes sometimes for all of the like nature nurture things. Some people are just like something about you is wired wrong. <laughs> you need to learn to keep it in your pants, all of you collectively as a family. But honestly. But, you know, that story, as I've just told it, was revealed on this podcast. And I was like, astonishing stuff, unbelievable. Anyway, and genuinely, one, I think one of the most one of, uh, his life, absolutely nothing to be admired, and yet still hey, Bobby, incredible. Yeah, because didn't like Bobby. Like I know you said that Bobby, like uh, his brothers wanted to thought they were going to kill him, but he, I, I seem to remember that like. Cook's brothers did like beat the shit out of him at one point. Understandably, well, so. wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just? Yeah, for numerous reasons, yeah. <laughs> for a variety of reasons. Yeah. And then Wild. Linda married Cecil, and they stayed married for years. And they wrote, you yeah. know, footsteps in 1987, which is, you know, Amazing. by any measure, a decent song. <laughs> I know teardrops. Sorry, From the, and they had yeah. they, and Womack and Womack, of course, had an album called Love Wars, which basically sounds like <laughs> the entire family. Honest <laughs> God. It just never stops. Anyway, but honestly, what a podcast that is, by the way. He basically writes a book a month to do with these episodes. I bet he does. He's, he's yeah. a remarkable bloke. Remarkable anyway, bloke. Rugby? At rugby. Before we get into that, if you want to get in touch with us to mm. share any horrible stories of incredibly borderline incestuous relationships you know about in the rock and roll world, or otherwise... Then you can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud on the husk of what was once Twitter or yeah. Lee at Blood and Mud dot com on the uh on the e either. Mm. What about you, Josh? Uh at Josh Gardner on uh X. Whatever that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hearing you say it somehow makes it worse. <laughs> so much worse. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm still there, just about uh you know, follow me if you want. I've got 12,000 followers and I'm getting about three people looking at my tweets these days. I mean, I don't tweet as much as I used to and maybe I should be better at it, probably. But there's definitely something going on. Yeah, there's a definite vibe that they have throttled engagement quite like heavily, I think. But, you know, I'm definitely never going to pay for it. So, 
Uh, we are on the Sports Social Network. We are on Apple and wherever you get your podcasts, you will find us. But we are also, mm-hmm. most importantly, on patreon.com slash me up. Oh, oh, slash me, slash me, if you think that you've heard this one before. Very nice. Blood and Mud, where you can come along and, you know, and get extra episodes like the team of the 90s, which we, you know, accelerated massively on in the summer break this year. Yeah. Plus the Rugby History podcast. Of course, speaking of rugby history, Professor Tony has already texted me and said, see you at Wembley, because he's an OKR fan, isn't he? Nice. So we, we, might, we oh, may come to blows a, over this. Bit of a pod rivalry thing. I like Indeed. it. Uh, right then, so that's so you get extra stuff, and it's £2, it's £2 a month or 20 quid for the year if you just want the extra stuff, and the Facebook group and, and all that stuff, and Patreon messaging and everything. Or it's £5 a month or 50 quid for the year if you want to be in the VIP lounge, which means you get a player biography which we've had one josh jamie Furlong has signed up this week for a player bio. so here we thank you jamie and here we go jamie Furlong, veteran second row for speed trap town rfc mm-hmm. jamie is notable for having never once jumped in a line out due to the falklands <laughs> very strong carrier though yeah i mean some that's some you know some locks just need to do that tight head roll you know. Yeah. Will Skelton doesn't jump in lineouts because it just not work. You know, <laughs> trying to get that gun off the floor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So there you go. Thank you, Jamie. You know we don't get many five pounders these days. Indeed, we think you're all pretty much in by this point. So reminds me of the most despicable one. Zach Brown lyric: "A man needs somebody can hold on to a five pound hammer or a woman like you." Which, by any measure, is dreadful. (laughs) True that. Shall we begin, Josh, as we always begin with a player spotted? I think we better add, yeah. Dan also, Brooke, Patreon Mm. messages in. Thank you, Dan, for your support, and thank you for this message. Dan, and I remember Dan, I think, from the Glad Rugby days, back in the the very early days of of bloggery, if you like. That is a throwback. It is, yeah. I'm sure that oh, was you, Dan. Can't be wrong. All right, chaps. He said, "I've got a re- I've got a really Ron Seal player spotted for you from the fertile player spotted hunting grounds of Canton Pont Canna. We've been here before. I mean, before, say we? that is absolutely prime hunting territory, isn't it? It's the posh west side of Cardiff. If anybody who, who isn't, mm-hmm. you know, local, he said, spotting rugby players in West Cardiff is easier than shooting fish in a barrel. Absolutely. Anyway, says Dan, I was in the local butcher's shop stocking up on my weekly meats." When who should come through the door other than Jonathan Fox Davis? Handsome man. Extremely handsome man. Well, he says he's massive, absolutely huge hands, and he cleaned them out of chicken breasts, which is quite predictable, I suppose. (laughs) That is so on the nose. Fucking hell. My son works in there on Saturdays, says Dan. And over Easter, they had Jamie Roberts in there after some lamb for his Sunday roast. Again, extremely on the nose. For Unfortunately, players. they had none left, says Dan, but they managed to cross-sell him some sausages. <laughs> that's Excellent work. That's, that's some salesmanship. You've come in for some lamb. You've, uh, you've left <laughs> like some a, sausages. A shoulder of lamb. <laughs> that is some good sort of alternative selling. Dan goes on to ask, I wonder if this is the only example of international centre partnerships shopping in the same butcher's shop. Well, I bet it brand. is, he says. Yeah, probably is, yeah. That's very true, actually, isn't it? Yeah. 
I'm trying to think wherever else there might be somewhere small enough to have the same centre partnership shopping in the butchers. <laughs> Answers on the postcard, everybody, please. Yeah. But it's a reek posh butchers that as well. Have you seen Pong yeah. Oh, it's fancy as fucking it, blatantly. Oh, yeah. I bet they do French cuts of things and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, big time. It's going to be... And their window display is like something yeah. off, a, off a sex site. It's so well <laughs> so well arranged. So thank you very much, Dan, for that player spotted. Um, an absolute, very solid submission of the genre, for the genre, that Indeed. one, I think. If you want to get in touch with us, I've already told you how to do that, but you can do it on the DMs to me or leadlunamud.com or you can do it via the Patreon messaging service. Indeed. But, uh, which Dan has just done. So thank you very much for you. And thank you very much to Jamie for your contribution. And thanks to everybody who continues to support us on Patreon. A few years in now, Absolutely. and you're stuck in with us, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And thank you very much. Yeah, definitely. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, news time, Josh. We've got squads coming up, haven't we? But there's probably a couple have, of little yeah. bits of news before we talk about squads. Two big squads today. Well, two squads of varying. Mm. Well, we'll come on to that. In other news, Johnny Sexton is playing Portugal in secret. Yeah, bit of a weird one. I mean, they're, they're desperate to not have him go into the World Cup with... No minutes since fucking whenever it was April or March under his belt, aren't they? You know, it's just, and I get it, but it does feel like the lengths that Ireland are going to to ensure this. It's like we will play an entire test match just to ensure that you've got a little bit of, you know, a bit of rugby under your belt. And, you know, it, the, the funniest thing is Johnny Sexton gets injured in the behind closed doors game, let's face it. <laughs> It's got a stronger Rocky versus Apollo at the end of Rocky Three vibe. Except none of them are that good. Yes. Would you like to ring the bell, Johnny? Yeah. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so nothing much else. It's understandable, I guess, and the Portuguese are on a bit of a warm-up. It's a chance to have a hit out. Yeah, exactly. Him, you you know? know, they've got a, 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 a big old campaign coming up. They, they, they've got a tough group that they you know think they can make some waves in because there's, you know... It's very open, so having a test like a playing an island team will probably be perfect prep for them. Um, in other minnows in World Cup pools, kind of tr- trying to cause trouble news, uh, Vern Cotter's <laughs> joining Romania as a consultant because uh, there wasn't enough narrative in that pool now. We have ex-Scotland coach aiming to take down the Scots, and I'm, I'm very here for it. 
by consultant. Do they mean they're just going to position him outside the dressing room to stare at the opposition as they walk past? I think <laughs> I, I reckon that's what they're going to do. He's just going to be, his consultancy bet is purely about torturing small defenseless animals. <laughs> He's going to be to stand there with no top on. Just staring yeah. at them as they as they file past the tunnel on the way out. Yeah, every day when they come out to training, he's just he's gutting another rabbit. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever eats. Nobody ever sees him eat the rabbits. No, it's just. And then wears it on his head like a hat. Yeah. <laughs> um, in other news, then uh, Xander Ferguson will find out tomorrow uh, how many games he's going to miss for trying to take. Yeah, booger his head off. Uh, I watched that on YouTube again, just to remind myself of it. And the one comment on it on this version was out of order. Uh, decision was out of order. Clearly wasn't intentional, and he went in quite slowly. Slowly is the one, because slowly was the one that Townsend was saying. It's like he wasn't coming in at full pelt. He was like he was coming in at some pelt. Like, <laughs> and he is 19 stone or something. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like he hasn't done this before. But, uh, yeah, I mean, three I mean, games is like the mid-range point for direct contact to the head, isn't it? Um, which will put him out of Scotland's World Cup opener. Um, but surely, given his track record, he's got to, like they can't be giving him the bare minimum. But, I mean, this yes. is rugby. They'll probably give him two games because they don't want the SRU to sue like the concept of the head or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Um... We will see. And it's funny the way people react to these things, isn't it? I'm sure he's, you know, it, it was probably just misjudged. You know what I mean? You start piling in there. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's the, it's more about recognise when you've already lost a ruck and don't bother anymore. That's what they're trying to get yeah. to. Nobody's saying he's well, a horrible bastard trying to kill people. It's just... No, and it, and it was... The, the thing that sort of thing me was like people mentioned, asked Townsend after the game about the... You know the fact that he's done it before, and he was just like, "Oh, you know, if he'd if he hadn't have done that, then then you know they probably would have got a turnover." And it's like, yeah, so let <laughs> like that's when you don't like you just let them have a turnover. That's what you accept. Like he clearly has not been coached and does not realise that you know there comes a moment where you just have to accept that a rock is lost <laughs> or a breakdown is lost, and you like on the. You flinging your body at it with not a huge amount of control is not going to have changed matters and is actually just really dangerous. And it's probably best not to do it at all. As Adarest very aptly points out, astutely points out, surely going in slowly is worse because you can't claim you couldn't avoid it if you weren't going in as quick. Yes, true. Yeah, fair, fair point. Yeah. And as Sam Marsh says, they go three games with that flying hip attack, then two sounds fair. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Like who knows? I, I feel like there is a, a different standard of uh, like rugby discipline at this point because nobody wants to ban anybody for the World Cup. So yes. like, <laughs> I feel like ruin even the they will ne- there's a lot of money never, involved. They will in this. never admit it, but they don't want to ban people for the World Cup, and so everybody's going a little bit easy. So. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he only gets two games, but he should get at least three. Adam Hastings will be nice and fresh for Gloucester's renewed attack on the Premiership this season. Yeah. I mean, Craig Townsend has really gone all in on Ben Healy, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. Like I mean, he loves yeah, why wouldn't sings. you? I guess, but uh, yeah. It's a good player. It's just mad that, you know, Hastings has kind of been widely sort of presumed, assumed, whatever, that, you know, there will come a point where he is probably Scotland's first choice 10, especially when the whole Kinghorn thing didn't pan out. And, you know, now we're in a point where he's kind of, you know, he's 26 now. He's no spring chicken and he's getting discarded at the first hurdle effectively in the world for a World Cup squad. It's sort of, where's it all gone wrong with him? Because he's played, he plays well enough for Gloucester. It's a funny one. I just think that Townsend can't get beyond the fact that, you know, he should be really handsome, but there's something not quite right about his face. Unsettling. I think it's just off-putting, you know. Yeah, it's either yeah, yeah. be handsome or don't. I can't be doing with this confusing thing that you've got going on. Maybe he finds Chris his relationship with Chris Harris and his wife as weird as I do. Well, there is that as well. Of, Maybe he's just got a of, fundamental problem with what's going on there. Sort of like a weird little brother slash sort of like <laughs> tertiary husband vibe. It's, it's very odd. It's very yeah. odd. I can't decide if you're very handsome or not, and I can't decide what the hell's going on there. So I'm just going to put you... <laughs> I'm going to put a distance between either, us actually. both literally and figuratively. Yes. <laughs> Any more little bits of news before we talk squads? Um, no, I don't think so. Non-squad news is very thin on the ground at the moment. Yeah, we're all just kind of waiting, aren't we? When's the deadline that everyone mm. has to name squads by? I can't I mean, remember. I think it's kind of just like before the World Cup, isn't it? There's no like hard and fast deadline. It's just kind of when you want, when you feel ready. Which makes it all the more strange as to why... Well, we'll talk about the England squad now, shall we? Where Let's. Steve Borthwick <laughs> wanted to get this out of the way really early. Is he trying to prove yeah. that he's very decisive? Well, this or... is the thing. I mean, last week I, I ventured an opinion on this podcast that maybe Steve Borthwick is, is kind of being a little bit indecisive and not really knowing what he's doing and nothing that's happened in the intervening few days has really changed my view on that. Like, I'll yeah. show you, Gardner, he said after listening to that. <laughs> Why name it now? Like, okay, New Zealand have named theirs, but they've just finished well, the Rugby Championship. Yes, they've, they're like, in full, yeah. 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 Ramming speed, aren't they? They can do whatever exactly. they want now, yeah. Nobody else in the Northern Hemisphere is queuing up to name it at this point. And the, the main reason that we can find for it is that Eddie Jones named his squad at this point four years ago. Um, But that was the players asked for that because there was tension in the squad between the players who obviously were going and the players who obviously weren't. And it was creating a bit of a vibe. So they basically requested that like the squad be named early so they could basically get rid of the fucking time waste. <laughs> like, but that was that four years ago was a hell of a lot more settled a team and settled a squad than this is. And obviously, they'd had four years of the same coach, you know, well, the same head coach, if not the same coaching team. Like, why? Why would you do that now with a much less cohesive and sort of like a much more open squad? It just feels like doing something for the, purely for the sake of well, what it worked last time, you know? Yeah, and the thing is, if anyone gets injured between now and then, you're going to replace them anyway in some ways. It doesn't... Well, yeah. And I, I suppose mean, we've already had yeah. the hokey-cokey fucking silliness with, you know, dropping people, picking them back, dropping people, picking them back up. It's kind of like, what do you, you know, at what point does this stop, you know? Yeah, and then the fact that, and then not only the name of squads are dead, he seems to have based all their graphics on um, fruit salad wrappers from the 
seventies, basically, which is <laughs> a very strange it's, thing altogether. It's, it's yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely trying to be very modern and cool, but um, I don't know if it's quite worth. So we probably might want to talk about the um, the actual f- squad itself. Squad, yeah. Um, so should I just run it re- really off quickly? Yeah, run it. And then we'll pick up some issues. So forwards, Ollie Chesham, Dan Cole, Tom Curry, Theo Dan, Ben Earl, Ellis Genge, who's a vice-captain, Jamie George, Itoji Laws, Ludlam, Marla, George Martin, Dave Ribbons, Bevan. We truly are in the Dave Ribbons epoch now, aren't we? I know. I, we thought that this was just going to be a sort of a weird, like, remember this thing. And look at it. It's become a full-blown reality. Yeah. Not actual person Bevan Rod. <laughs> Kyle Sinclair, Will Stewart, Billy Vod, the return of the Billy, Vonapola, yeah. Jack Walker and Jack Willis. That's your forwards. Then your backs are Henry Arundel, Danny Kerr, Elliot Daly, Owen Farrell, who's the squad captain, George Ford, Ollie Lawrence, Max Mail- Maxim Malins, as we've we've discovered oh. at the weekend. <laughs> Christ. Joe Marchant, Marcus Smith, Freddie Stewart, Manu, Jack Van Portfleet, and Anthony Watson and Ben Youngs. And that is the entire squad. It Do is. you want to talk about ambitions first? Henry Slade's the obvious one, isn't he? Yeah. Slade is the one where it's sort of like, I get it. I'm not his biggest fan either, but like no England back has made more appearances for England in the last four years than Henry Slade. And like he offers a sort of 30 of the last 37 games. He's been, yeah. Like it's just a case of like his, he does, he offers something. The reason that he's been this ever present is because there aren't any, many other centers in England that do what he does in terms of his intelligence and his footballing ability. And I don't, I don't know if it's. It just feels weird to me that you would you would just discard somebody that experienced and that sort of talented at this point when you look at what is in this. You kind of it feels like a squad that has gone for particularly in the backs has gone for like versatility over, uh, like specialisms. So like pretty much every outside back and centre that he's picked. And he keeps going on about it as well. Oh, you know, it's, it's only 33 players. You know, the squad needs to be adaptable. It's like, you've got 33 players and nobody's ever had more than 33 players before. Like, it was 30 players last four years ago. Um, but he seems to have just got it in his head that he needs to have, like, all these, like, ultra-versatile fucking multiple-position players. But I feel like he's picked a load of those guys at the expense of maybe picking some of his best players that are just good at one position. And also, there's a point of difference question, isn't there? I mm. guess, in terms of Slade, is very much a different... I know whether you want that difference, by the way, is a question, yeah. I suppose. But he's a different player to Marchant. He's a different player to Lawrence. He's a definitely different player to Manu. He's a different player yeah, to... So. He's probably a similar player to Daly, maybe. And that's where... He's a better version of Daly, I think. In, as, as, a, as a 13, he is. I don't think he is as a wing and a fullback like Daly is, but... No, but the reality is, remember what happened when England laboured with Elliot Daly at fullback for God knows how long? Remember how depressing that was? Like, Elliot Daly is probably better at 13 
than he is at fullback, and he's better at at, at wing probably than he is at thirteen at Test level. I don't know. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's, I have to say, I'm not heartbroken about Slade not being there. It just doesn't seem to make no. a huge amount of sense. Is it? Yeah, exactly. I don't it's feel like we're going to be. I'm not going. I'm not heading into this with any sense of, well, that's ruined it because it was all going to go so swimming oh, yeah. other than that. But uh, it's but it's in a, in a in a squad that is lacking so much in terms of, um, you know, settledness and quality and experience and all of these things. Uh, dropping somebody with his level of experience and his level of comfort in this, you know, all this sort of stuff just feels like an unnecessary kind of, like. Twitch, like, like you've, you've kind of like as a knee jerk reaction, you just go, Oh, I don't want him, I don't want anybody from Exeter, really. Um, like, I don't know, man, it, it seems like it's, it's, yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't look at it. the problems that existed in the Six Nations and that we'll talk about that persisted into the game at the weekend, and which we'll talk about in a bit. I don't look at this squad and think any of them are particularly solved. No. The other question then is how would you solve them in many ways? I think there's a malaise around some certain things anyway. Uh, like the, the, the scrum half question is just not answered at all. But I don't know. Alex Mitchell, maybe. I don't know who else you'd be pulling. When, you know, you have only got... Like for me, it's like three tens, three nines and four flankers is madness. But that's what he's gone with. Like, you don't need to. Take... I mean, at a Porsche, Martin can play flank, can't he? So can Laws. Yeah, well, Laws well, is one of the yeah, fucking yeah, flankers, course, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. It's like he's picked three sevens: Courtney Laws and uh, Billy Vinopola. And if either Billy Vinopola or Courtney Laws are injured at any point, it is. Yeah, it's bad. Like, I'm, I'm assuming Lewis Ludlam's covering eight. Yeah, exactly. You assume Tom Curry is covering eight, maybe, or maybe Ben Earl. I don't yeah, know. True. This is yeah. the this is the confusion. It's like you pick, like from drop, like the whole number eight thing. Like he's played six games under ball. England played six games under Borthwick now, and Alex Dombrant has started at eight for all of them, and then he's just gone. No, don't like you. It's Can like, Mark Wilson come out of retirement? Like. You know. <laughs> Well, that was the fucking plan in 2019, wasn't it? And like, <laughs> um, thank goodness for England, they didn't have to break that glass. But like, you're putting all of your eggs in a 30 year old number eight who has genuinely either been injured or hideously ineffective for most of the last four years. And like, it's a, like it could work if, but if they get 2019 vintage Billy back and he's fit throughout the whole tournament, never look fitter, according back. to Steve Borthwick. Yeah, and that's fine, but like you can't like fitness is entirely in the eye of the beholder until you get fucking smashed in the tackle by somebody who means it, you know. And I don't know why. Why didn't Tom Willis get a start on Saturday if he was on the bubble so much? Why? Why drop Zach Mercer? What has Zach Mercer done to alienate two consecutive England coaches without even really getting on the fucking field? Is it a size like, thing? Probably he's, he's, he's not small, Mercer, is he? But he's a wirier. Eight, yeah, he's not a big lump, and neither is Don Brandt. Is kind of a big lump, to be honest. Yeah, well, like, Don Brandt's pretty big. Yeah, 
I mean, I'm not. I mean, I was an advocate for Don Brandt, and it just hasn't worked. Do you know what I mean? And it's no, I don't don't have any problem with dropping Don Brandt. He wasn't as awful on Saturday as people made out either. I'd like to say, in my view, I'd like to make that point. But maybe he was. He wasn't as awful in the bits that you noticed, like linking some of the play together. Yeah, maybe it was the the big hard carrying stuff that we need more of. He was a not so good at, I suppose. Yeah, indeed. And uh, but it's like, yeah, it's the thing. It's like what if he? There was nothing that that Don Brandt did on Saturday that he didn't also do in the Six Nations. Hmm. You know? Yeah, what are you learning? So, yeah. Yeah, what if what are you learning in that extra game? I, I genuinely don't know. And I, um, and I understand one of the only thing that makes sense is that, you know, Thokonasinga wasn't great. And was for all his physical good. attributes, he's just not very good going backwards, is he? And it almost feels like his confidence has gone a bit in some ways at this point. Yeah, level. it was something I was going to say for So later, that was confirmed, like, wasn't yeah. it? You know what I mean? That yeah, was... I understand picking. And, you know, Thokonisiga wouldn't even have probably started on Saturday if Henry Arundel had been a bit of an injury. But, like, yeah, it is sad seeing sort of, you know, a player. Remember how dominant he was at under 20 level and how yeah. sort of good he looked when he first came through. And now he's getting, like, sat down by Louis Samet and Sam Costello. Like, that's. That's a sorry state of affairs, and I, uh, and I think he probably, if, even if he hadn't have played on the weekend, he'd have been gone. You know, it was one of those things where it was like Johnny May didn't get a chance to put himself either. It's like I've seen it, but with the eight thing, it just like and England have wings. Like they might not have many big wings, which makes the sort of drop in of both May and Tony uh, Singer mm. seem slightly weird, but like. Yeah, in the back rows, it's like that is a really lightweight set of back row. If you, you know, Tom Curry's currently in a moon boot. These things they say he'll be fine, fingers crossed. Um, Courtney Laws has barely played over the last 18 months because he can't stay fit. Billy Vinopola can't stay fit. And if any of those three are gone, that back row all of a sudden looks incredibly fucking lightweight. And, it, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a big I game. Mean, I get it. Like, it's only in France if somebody gets injured. But if somebody yeah. gets, like, a short-term injury that isn't going to put them out for the tournament, like, you really have to... I just hope like, Ben Morgan hasn't gone long haul. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's an we'll, we'll, we'll probably pause it until we talk about the game, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the an simple fact of the matter is, is that no strange squad is what it is. Yeah, and I think that um, remember for years, it, it happened sometime in the last fifteen years that that the press and and observers about the England football team, men's football team, started finally just saying, "Let's just see how the tournament goes, shall we?" Yeah, you know, and there was the expectation of finally being dialed down. I I don't think expectations ever been apart from some of the chat about oh it's an easier half of the draw and all that stuff. I don't think the expectations been lower heading into a World Cup. No, oh, I can't remember it being two thousand seven. Maybe it's a little low. We got to the final then. <laughs> so you never know. Yeah. So, well, this is the thing. It's like he, he really is hoping for a two thousand seven redux in a lot of ways. Yeah. But like it's, it's, yeah, it it's a weird squad, 
Uh, the whole vibe around England is so weird at the moment. But like, like Argentina will be no jokes in the World no. Cup. Japan must be keeping something in reserve because they can't be as bad as they've looked after <laughs> four years of prep for this. No. Um, it's a muddled squad. It's a muddled vibe. The whole... But 2007 happened, so why not this? You know? Yes. Maybe we'll just drag everyone down to our level again in our half of the Maybe. draw. Maybe, Maybe that's just how it'll go. Yeah, we'll talk about the game and performance later on and what that might tell us about where England are as we talk about the other games as well. Do you want to talk about the All Black squad that was named in the middle of the night very quietly, you know? Yeah, again, sort of a squad that, you know, the All Blacks have been so good this year, like it feels... uh, No, there wasn't a lot of huge surprises, were there, you know? Joe Moody not being there feels weird. Um, but like, it's you know he's been injured. He got injured in April. He's obviously his ankle's obviously not good, and like they've got other options. So like, yeah. Um, Caleb Clark remains yeah. a mystery. What does he have on Ian Foster, man? Like, I just <laughs> like one of these like two or three games. He'll do like one thing where you go, ooh, but that's invariably like either as part of a rout or against shit opposition. And like when it comes to the serious business and serious games, he's almost universally terrible and like anonymous in a way that very few other people in that squad are. Everyone, you know, with the exception of David Avilio, again, what pictures or videos do you have? I don't understand it. Wasn't he playing NPC at the weekend? David yeah, Avilio. straight in there. <laughs> Fucking mental. <laughs> Again, well, d- just for the sake of completeness, Dane Coles, Cody Taylor, Samasona Kikaho, Ofa Tungafasi, Ethan De Groot, Tyra Tyrolomax, Nepo Lalala, Fletcher Newell. Again, not a real person. No. Tamatai Williams, Scott Barrett, Brody Ritalik, the injured Brody Ritalik, but obviously the against yes, yeah. hoping he'll do a Tom Curry. Sam Whitelock, Tupu Vai, Sam Kane as captain. Very weird graphic on the really All Blacks graphic. Twitter of him like painted in pencil, a big it picture of his so head weird. painted in pencil, and him like walking away the, like he like, like he was dead. Yeah. Or like he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> like it was something at his funeral or something. Very, very strange. Well, I mean, there is Pat- that vibe about Sam Kane and that it's sort of just well, that like, he's dead. <laughs> well, he's like the, he's kind of the captain, but in a sort of like because he looks like a, a slightly more lumpy Pat- Patrick Swayze, like yeah, a ghost. Everyone just feels awkward about the fact that he's probably not in the best. You know, he's probably not. He shouldn't be starting for the All Blacks now, let alone be captain. So it's kind of like, yeah, it it. There's a weird kind of like he's obviously going to get not be the captain after this World Cup and will probably get dropped or at the very least be kind of a bench guy at best. So there's kind of a dead. It's a weird zombie World Cup for a lot of people. Like it's a zombie World Cup for Ian Foster, who knows he's sacked regardless. <laughs> it's probably the same for like for Sam Kane. It's weird. And Sam is Kane's Rob- old. Is Robertson there? there? He's there as sort of like an advisor, isn't he? Imagine when Ian Spear, excuse me, shut up, Ian. If I want you to speak, I'll stick my hand up your ass and work you like a puppet. Now sit down. Um, 
Anyway, to finish off the squad, Dalton Papalii, Shannon Frizzell, cunt, uh, Arnie Surveyor and Luke Jacobson. Aaron Smith in the backs, Finley Christie, Cameron Roygaard, Bowden Barrett, Richie Munger, Damian McKenzie, Geordie Barrett, Anton Leonard-Brown, Rico Ioane, David Tavilli, <laughs> Mark Talea, Caleb Clark, Lester Fanganuku, Emonia Rowawi and Will Jordan. I like Lester Fanganuku. I like him. Yeah, me too. Weird, it's, it's it's a mad thing with that squad in that the youngest player in that squad, which is the youngest player in a squad, is almost always some sort of like flash Harry back in there. But the youngest player in the squad is is a prop in this case, which it shows kind of how I don't know, and it, it it sort of feels like there's all that squad hasn't really changed at all and yet it it sort of has in a way you know I think for, is it is it uh, Tomati Williams is 22 he's the youngest one in the squad and like everybody else is like 24 25 they should this is when you think when they say oh this is a better all blacks team than the 2019 one it's like yeah okay well they're actually all of the right age now they're in the prime of their careers they probably should be so it will be interesting to see how that works out. I was looking at that squad on Twitter. My eyes was drifting to Sam Burgess trending. Oh, so God. I clicked with apprehension. He's just been appointed head coach of Warrington. As you do. yeah. Because rugby league, as somebody comments underneath, the Sam Burgess biopic is going to be mental. Yes. Or, or yeah. harrowing, depending on which way you look at it. Bit of both. Bit of both. Sorry, yes, I was wondering what the hell. I thought maybe he'd been called up in place of Henry Slade. You never know. <laughs> now that would be a test. <laughs> now that would be a reveal, wouldn't it? Yeah. Indeed. Anything else on squads at this stage? No. Ali Worthy makes a point that Samoa have named a 32-man squad with only four props in it. Who needs props? Yes, they have got. They have named like an, an, an anonymous person that is expected to be a prop. <laughs> but it's just they're waiting for him to not be injured, aren't they? That Samoa right. squad looks good, though. Like, yeah, three, four, Stephen Lewis is in it, uh, Michael Alatoa is in there, Chris Fuey. Did they hammer Tonga at the weekend? I have to say I've not been uh, playing that one. Yeah, they did. Um, it's, it, it, yeah, they look good, man. It's They could do some fun things. I don't think they'll beat any of the big boys, but they could cause a bit of a, with that team, with the way they've been playing, they could do some good stuff. Right. Shall we move on to talk about the weekend? At that point, we're going to say goodbye to uh, our patron, non-patron listeners. Goodbye. That'll do. Right. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's the end of the weekend. And we welcome back our Patreon. Non-Patreon, sorry. Peoples. Mm. Um, and we're going to have a quick go at maybe week by week as we head towards World Cup. Doing a bit of a kind of power ramp. Being, you know, Blood and Blood's completely scientific. Optostat. Mm-hmm. Power ranking off the back of how the weekend's gone with the teams that can be asked talking about who has had who's on the up and had the best out of this weekend about going in yeah i mean probably biggest risers i would say this week probably scotland wales australia we didn't talk about that but they gave a second they gave a second string all blacks team a bit of a scare uh in new zealand and and New Zealand, because ultimately yeah, the very best that Australia could throw at them, they were still like, let's bring some real players on and then we'll win this game. And yeah, <laughs> continue, just continuing looking, you know, Australia gave them the toughest test that they've had this year in terms of, uh, in terms of the rugby championship. Um, but it still wasn't enough. Wales, huge, sort of after everything that's happened in the last six to eight months, you know, if there's at least feels like there's a plan and the plan that is maybe showing a little bit of fruit. Um, Scotland, obviously that second half was really encouraging and Oh, Fiji is the other team that I think we should probably mention because they've had a very, very good summer. And Battered Japan be, on the weekend. Didn't they? I'll be no fucking, they will be no fucking mugs. Come. Uh, I think it's fairly obvious that England are on the way down or at least yeah. maintaining where they were as other people go past them, which is the same yeah. thing. Yeah. But... Japan, Argentina. Yeah. South Africa are a funny one, aren't they? They really are. I don't know. I'm not hopeful on. for them, um, really. I think a, a, too much hinges on, as we said last week, a couple of players coming good. Um, but yeah, oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, they could. thing they might either win it or they'll be kind of <laughs> like not very good and kind of go out in the semis or something. So there you go. That was a a go at the power rankings. That was a brilliant segment we did there, wasn't it? Yeah, but, you know, amazing. Uh, yeah. It gives it gives you some idea. Shall we finish <laughs> as we always finish with our lovely, lovely shit good ratings? Any of the shit that you haven't mentioned already? Injuries. Jack Cohen for Ireland. Ryan Elias and Dav Jenkins for Wales. Ben White for Scotland. Everyone for Italy. It's horrible seeing it at this time of year, isn't it? especially in the warm ups to get so close to a World Cup and then to sort of get you know, to get a bad one at this stage just sucks. And it's going to, well, this, the bad thing, the worst thing is that it's not going to, like, it's just going to get worse. Like, as the weeks go on, we're going to lose more players. It's already quite depressing. 
As Harley Worthy just pointed out, Argentina have literally just named their squad. A squad with over a thousand caps in it and 977 million air miles. Uh, no Santiago Cordero, which makes me feel nostalgic for uh, 2015. Oh. I know. Creevy's still in there. Of course he is. He'll never leave. Still get away with it. Good man. Anyway, I'm not going through it all now. We'll talk about it next week, I think. Indeed. Shit, we got here. Dan Shears gets in touch. He says, shit, is England's performance against Wales? Yes, lots of people submitted that in one form or another. Not the approach of a team desperate to get into the squad. Smith in particular needs a sharp wake-up call. He's not a kid anymore, and his game management was non-existent. Yes, as I mentioned earlier, uh, 22 caps in. There's a point at which there's, there's nowhere else to go. No. Anne Harris gets in touch said, shit is whoever does England rugby's graphic design. Yes, indeed. And decided to jump on the Barbie movie pink bandwagon with that awful squad <laughs> announcement poster. And it's not like the individual player posters are absolutely minging as well. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, interesting graphic design stuff uh, going on there. Sure. a hot mess. Hamish Allen gets in touch. He says, shit, whisper it quietly, but the Mish's powers seem to be in permanent decline. Yeah. Nobody like we've talked. We haven't sort of can't remember we've spoken about it much on this podcast, but I really do feel like the sort of that finally getting all those players on the Lions tour was the absolute worst thing to ever happen to pretty much <laughs> all of those players except for Duan Van der Berber. Yes, like, Hog retired within a, two years. The Mish never looked the same. Ali Price, not even like second choice for Scotland now. It's it's yeah, it's it's sad, but it is. Undeniable at this point, I think. Also, shit from Hamish was the continual drivel about Steve Borthwick's leadership being defined by clarity and honesty. Henry Slade clearly had little clarity about where he stood. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Simon Clark gets in touch. He says, shit is Jack Conan being in a moon boot before the end of the Italy game when he was just about getting back to Lions form. Yeah, big shame. You've, you've already mentioned injuries, Josh. Didn't you? Indeed. Yeah. And Hunter Sewell says, shit, is the MLR abandoning the US's biggest rugby hotspot by selling Atlanta rugby to a relocation bid? Fans yeah. and players found out by a surprise announcement on the Twitter. Another misstep for US rugby. Fucking hell. That is rough. Any more shit from you? Nope. What have you got that's good? Uh, we already spoke about Aaron Wainwright. Uh, um, I just want to say... Gareth Davis was much better than he had any rights to be. Um, well, it just shows, isn't it? All he had to do was, you know, look like something out of pumping iron and it'd be transforming him. Making literally nothing but creatine between his ears, but that's fine. It seems to work in a Warren Gatman system. Have you watched the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary on Netflix? No, I haven't yet. It's it's brilliant and awful in equal measure. Believe it. it is worth a watch. Uh Martin Richard Charlesworth says, good is that Coventry rugby have, are taking on Wasps and Worcesters under-18s kids. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That is real good. It's really good. A friend of mine's son was on the Worcester under-14s, I think. So that is good. Ashley Nadeel gets in touch. He says, good is flew from St. Louis to New York City with my girlfriend, Patricia, and spent a beautiful afternoon on the beach at Long Island, capping it off with an Amy Mann gig in Westbury. A weekend we'll both remember for a long time. Also good, Ireland getting past Italy with minimal attrition, apart from Jack Conan. Well, that sounds lovely, Ashley. How, how nice for you. 
And Amy Mann, that would be a nice gig, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's not going to stop till you wise up. I love that song. <laughs> Veep Commercial gets in touch. As good as Lee Halfpenny and Augustine Creevy getting their 100th caps at the weekend, which, judging from the, his post on the social media, all Gus celebrated in style. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Graham Golvin gets into it. It's as good as the Scotland back three. Kinghorn, Graham and DVDM just has a nice ring to it. It does. That's a, that's a back three anybody would want. It's a really honest, good isn't it? And it's nicely balanced as well. Hugo Gordon says, good is Ian Henderson having a stormer on Saturday. A struggle with form, but looks like he's getting back to his old self. Yes. Indeed. I like Ian Henderson. Me too. He Never quite first choice for anybody apart from Ulster. No. And yeah, I do like him a lot. Works out. 10F gets in touch. Good was that split second before he scores his try when George North realises he's not going to get smashed and can just gently flop over the line without getting yeah. touched. Yes. Wonderful moment. And finally, Pete Elder says, a final good from me is the upcoming weekend for Lee and his family as they look forward yeah, to a yeah, Wembley boy. trip with Lee. Here's to a fantastic, emotional, memorable trip for you all. I hope you have a ball. We will. Whatever happens. Rugby League's okay. grand day out. There's three games on that day. Three at Wembley. Amazing. Women's final, the proper final, and then the 1895 final, which is like the second division one. All in one day. They'll do anything to try and sell it out. They've not been able to fill it for ages. And that, Josh, unless you have anything else that's good. No. Is the end of that. I hope that Noah has a very settled evening. He probably uh, won't, but I still hope no, he's, he he's already crying again. So, you know, it's, I'll uh, let you we'll, go then. We will let you go. We appreciate you for being here at this difficult time. Always we'll a pleasure. Speak to you next week, and we'll speak to the rest of you next week as well. Goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.